Hello, beautiful people from California. That's right. I am right now headed from LA to San Fran on this long road they call the five. I didn't go on the Pacific Coast Highway because of the fires and also I just wanted to get to San Fran as soon as I possibly could because I scheduled a hike in Murr Woods. By scheduled, I mean I booked a parking spot and I need to make it there by 2.30. So I'll see the Pacific Coast Highway one day, but it won't be on this trip. A lot has happened since the last time I recorded. Uh, I went to Moab, Zion, Las Vegas, Joshua Tree, LA, and now, as I just said, I'm headed to San Fran. And a lot's happened in the real world as well. Um, It was not exciting to hear the news of our superhuman justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, finally succumbing to cancer after so many battles won. Um, She's still always going to be a big inspiration to us. And bless up, RIP, rest in power. RBG. And then news struck over here on the West Coast that Trump has contracted COVID-19. And honestly, I'm not surprised. I'm not going to make this political, but he openly made fun of Joe Biden at the debate about wearing a mask and doesn't wear a mask. And I like kind of assume that he encourages other people on his staff to not wear masks just because he thinks they're for the weak. Um, dang it, it does sound a little political. I wish him well. I really hope that he does recover from this. Um, I just hope that he doesn't downplay the severity of the virus even more once he does recover. So a lot of crazy stuff happening over there in D.C. while I'm out here on the beautiful West Coast just enjoying life. I kind of wish I was there for the RBG um, tributes and just like being able to like walk and leave a special token of my appreciation. But it's okay. I did it with my heart. Anyways, back to the trip at hand. I'm just going to give you little tidbits of each trip. I mean, of each place I've been because I don't want this to be a super long podcast episode. And I'm going to try to be better about recording these more frequently. It's just been really hard because I've been really soaking up all of the experience that this this has to offer. So, first up, Colorado. In Boulder, I just want to quickly note that they have these great smelling trees called ponderosa pines i was on a hike with my friend who i was staying with Lindsay. you guys heard about her and we walked by this tree called a ponderosa pine and you can tell what it looks like because in between the pieces of bark the tree looks kind of reddish like maybe a coppery red or like a dark burnt orangey red some might say but if you shove your nose in between some pieces of bark it smells like cinnamony sweet vanilla cake. It just smells really good. So my friend and I were hiking, just walking around, shoving our noses into some trees, and it smelled really nice. And I just recalled that sweet smell when I was on like a different hike in Utah, and I was like, wow, I've smelled so many different things on this trip. There should really be a machine that allows you to basically type in what you want to smell, and then you can smell it. We have so many different ways to like stimulate our ears and our mouths and our noses. But what about, wait, I mean like with perfume, but what about specific wants for smells? You know, like I can go online, Google any song I want and listen to it. I can't go online and Google a smell and smell it. What's up with that? 
I guess that's what I'll do after this trip. I'll invest my time in trying to figure out how to make a smell box. Enough about that. So that's my, like, fun fact about Colorado. There was obviously a lot more that happened in that state than just me enjoying the smell of a tree. I experienced, like, two seasons in one week. It was really snowy, and then it was, like, really hot kind of by the end of the week. It was a fun time. Um, Then I headed over to Utah where I recorded the road episode where I was literally walking on an open road. And that um, episode has actually received a shocking amount of listens. So I think people are intrigued by what they thought might have been like a hitchhiker episode. But that's okay. I did not provide that. From Salt Lake City, I went to Moab. And it was just amazing. I camped outside, finally, for the first time on this trip. I experienced what it feels like to feel like you're about to be murdered in a tent just because I wasn't aware that the desert got really windy and one night it was just so incredibly windy I heard it ripping around my tent and I thought it might be like a murderer outside of my tent kind of just trying to give me a little a little thrill and fear before he murdered me so I have been listening to a lot of audiobooks about murder which isn't usually my audiobook of choice so that's kind of impacted my my interactions with humans and the fake humans that I think are outside my tent. So I camped outside in Moab with, and then I ended up sleeping in my friend's truck bed because I got scared and wanted to be near her. And then we went to Canyonlands, which was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. We drove her four-wheel drive, like huge truck, up the mountain. And I honestly felt... It's just weird to compare real life to a Disney ride to be like, oh my gosh, this feels like a Disney ride when Disney rides are actually like simulating, simulating things that would happen either in the real world or in like some kind of fantasy world. It's just weird that I went back to like a man-made creation as a memory. Anyways, it was a rough and windy mountain road. We hopped out of the truck and she led me down this path and through this little tunnel And it reminded me of that movie where that guy got stuck in a small space in the desert and had to cut off his own arm and drink his own pee. It reminded me of that kind of feel. But when we exited the other side of this little hole, we found the Colorado River. And it was the most, one of the most like breathtaking scenes I'd ever, ever gazed upon. We just sat there looking out at the winding river, seeing all these unique rock formations, like everywhere you look, the textures are different and we talked about life love delicious snacks what we want to do next if we're following the right career path basically everything you can talk about we covered it there in like three hours it was an awesome beautiful conversation and I just remember thinking I'm gonna cherish this moment for the rest of my life it was really special so then we walked back to the truck and just sat on the desert floor in the shade of the truck chatting again for like three hours and it's just it was really nice to catch up with a friend who I knew in college but had never really spent that much time with Um, and just to really get to know who she's become and I've experienced that a lot along this trip and I've just noticed like the growth and my friends from high school and college and even middle school like the people that we've become everyone seems to be doing pretty well for themselves and I'm really proud So after Moab, I headed to Zion by myself. Um, Dang it. One more thing about Moab. When we first got there, um, Jess, 
Michelle wasn't really excited about going to the Arches because she's been there before and it was kind of touristy but I went by myself because this is something that I'd wanted to see my whole life so I put on my independent hat and I went by myself and it was a great experience uh, they were breathtaking but there were a lot of people there at first I was thinking it must be because nobody can go to theme parks or do other summer vacations that they might want to do like travel internationally so they're flooding the state parks but apparently these parks are usually even more crowded and because of COVID there were less people there so I'm really kind of glad that I got to experience this during COVID because there were fewer people at the parks even though it seemed like they were an overwhelming amount of people um, there were some teenagers on the trail that were trying to record TikToks the whole time and I for some reason could not seem to lose them they're always in my vicinity and it just made me so happy that I didn't really have access to social media like that when I was a kid because I would be the most annoying person on the face of the earth and probably be canceled a long time ago so great experience at the arches it was actually at the arches when I got to like the main arch that I got the news that RBG had passed away so I was like wow but looking at the arches and thinking about how short human life is and compared to all these huge rock formations, I thought to myself, you know, we're all one in the grand scheme of the universe. I really dove deep with TikTokers to my right, beautiful rocks to my left, and I thought, somehow we're all the same. And that was my philosophical thought for the day. Then... Now I'm switching back to the journey to Zion. So I went to Zion by myself. I set up camp at this campground that was made for RVs. A lot of my trip has been kind of where I stay is dictated by where I can find Wi-Fi because I have to work, as I mentioned before. Um, shoot. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, y'all. This truck just suddenly started pulling its brakes. Oh, my gosh. And... Uh, this truck says all over about it. Oh my gosh. All over it. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Jesus truck drivers wanted. I almost felt like I was about to meet Jesus right then. Holy moly. What is that guy even shipping? That's weird. Okay. I hope that was a nice little distraction. Woo! That woke me up. Okay. Back to Zion. So, in Zion, I can't by myself, as I was saying, and... I had some pretty cool neighbors. There were some younger people to my left and to my right. There were two older couples. One was probably in their 50s, um, Alex and Christina. And the other one was probably in their 60s, Pat and Marianne. And Alex and Christina lived in L.A. And they were really fun, kind of spunky. And then Pat and Marianne were like an older couple. I mean, they didn't seem like they, they were grandparents, but they were really active. But they became my good friends. And they were just so sweet. So I'll just go ahead and tell you that my car died one day and Pat came over. I was like, um, excuse me, sir. My car doesn't seem to start. Do you by chance know anything about cars? Can you look at it? And so he brought over this little device that my mom had actually already given me that she got from Costco. And it's like a little battery that jumps your car so you don't have to hook it up to another one. So he saved the day started my car I'm pretty sure he felt really good about it because he got to be like a dad for a day and then the next day it happened again so he taught me how to do it yet again we used my 
my charger this time. And then he told me I needed to drive around Moab for like 20 minutes so I could just get the, the battery really recharged. And just a little tidbit of information for those of you who are not experienced with car batteries or anything that has to do with a car, you need to drive your car around a little bit after you charge it. So I hope that this invaluable information will really shape your life. So when Alex found out that my car had not started two days in a row, he could not stand it. And he decided he needed to give me his spark plugs, even though I had this little machine. So he came over and he said, Lauren, pop your hood. Let me teach you how to use these spark plugs. So he like gave me the whole lesson that Pat had already given me. And Pat's standing behind him, like winking at me, like, go along with it, Lauren. Just let him think he's got this one. I already taught you this. I'm your real dad. Let's let this guy pretend like he's a helpful dad as well. So I gained two dads on that trip, which is really good because I only have three dads right now. Oh, four dads. So for those of you who don't know, um, I have an ex-stepdad, a stepdad, a dad, and my dad's new partner who I just married him to two months ago. So that equals four dads. And then if you add my two new dads, Alex and Pat, I now have six dads. So congrats to me. I have six dads. I'm not quite sure of anyone else who has that many dads. Um, so I guess six, six number of dads, six times the daddy issues. Am I right? (laughs) Just kidding. I think like the new dads cancel out the old daddy issues that once existed. Anyways, Zion. So it was a little hard to work in Zion because it was very bright and really sunny. And the, but in the morning, it was so cold. The desert's crazy, y'all. It's cold in the night and freezing in the morning. And then it's like blazing hot and dry in the day. I'm sure you've heard about it or you've experienced it. But this was totally new from this east, for this East Coast gal. But I went on the best hike I've ever been on in my entire life. It's called the Narrows. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but... It's like a four or five mile hike where you basically walk through water in between these caverns and you walk through water for probably 98% of the hike. So you have to buy these, rent these neoprene socks. Um, and you've, you've probably seen pictures of it. It's like beautiful water in between this like canyon. People are just like trekking through it. It was the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, and it really made me feel like at one with nature because Sometimes during these hikes, you're also uncomfortable because it's really hot. So you're like walking uphill and in the heat and like, it's just a lot to process. But during this hike, you're constantly refreshed and it's not really elevated. It's just like every step you take, you don't know if you're going to twist your ankle because it's, there's all these different shaped rocks for like five miles, but it was so beautiful. And I'm just really grateful to have been able to experience it. Um, I would highly recommend it. It was It was a life changer. So shout out to Zion. Shout out to the Narrows. One thing I want to mention that I learned about the desert is that if you're camping in the desert, you cannot actually poop if you don't pick it up. I mean, you you can physically poop. I forgot to say, if anyone has an issue listening to things about poop, now would be the time to fast forward the tape about one minute because I assume that's how long it will take me to talk about this poop fact. So poop cannot decompose in the desert because there are not special organisms available there to decompose your poop. So it'll basically just sit there forever until it rains. It won't harden, 
It will just be the same texture somehow, like an everlasting poop until it rains. So that's why us desert dwellers ask that you scoop up your poop in a bag and throw it away in the trash can. You could get a decompostable dog bag, but if you're like me and you accidentally leave the poop in the car for 12 hours, you're really going to want to invest in a nice poop specialty bag for human desert camping. And that bag is basically a big bag that you lay on the desert floor. You poop your perfect little poop into the bag. Probably doesn't smell and it's rainbow, just like mine. And then you, the bag actually has kitty litter inside, so it it masks the smell. Then you tie the bag, then you put it in another bag, and you ziplock that bag shut. So it's a double layer, wonderful invention that allows you to keep your poop in your car for over 12 hours in the hot desert sun and not smell up your car. So that was an interesting and very disturbing experience for me. Um, I did have to poop in the desert and I was very nervous about getting bitten by a snake, but I did not get bitten by a snake and I did successfully relieve myself. So now you, you know a little bit more about me. Again, I'm single. I hope that this does not deter you from wanting to date me, but it was just an, ex- it's an experience everyone really needs to have. Much better than pooping in a parking lot and on my ride. Throwback to my stand-up comedy days where I had one minute to tell a joke. Anyways, back to the story at hand. I learned other things about the desert as well. I learned about microbiotic soil. Cryptobiotic soil which is basically these little dirt mounds that you see right outside the trail in some desert locations. And those little mounds have taken, have took thousands and thousands and thousands. Okay, I'm wrong. Those little mounds have took hundreds of years to grow. And when you step off the trail, you're actually crushing hundreds of years of history with your stupid human foot. So don't step off the trail, especially in the desert. We, we got down to the nitty-gritty, my friend Michelle and I, and laid on the desert floor and looked at the cryptobiotic soil that had algae growing on it, and she sprinkled a droplet of water on it, and it ex- the algae expanded into like lots of tiny sea urchin-looking things. It was like a science experiment from my childhood, and it really brought me back. It made me wonder, why didn't I just pursue a career in science? Like I loved going to the Museum of Science and History and going to camp and doing experiments, But for some reason, society swayed me away from science. We could all be traveling the desert, getting on our hands and knees and staring at cryptobiotic soil. I also learned about Mormon tea, which is a plant that the Mormons would drink, meaning chew on, or maybe put hot water on and drink as a tea that has no caffeine but has similar properties because Mormons can't drink caffeine. Also, this tea has a powerful mouth antiseptic. So if you don't have any tooth brushes in the desert you and you don't want to brush your teeth with a spiky cactus you can just chew on some mormon tea and your mouth will be clean and fresh don't ask me to identify this thing in the desert it's been too long and i might lead you to eat a poisonous plant so from zion you might recall that i met up with a friend in boulder on our hike and she ended up saying she wanted to meet me in las vegas and i said yeah we're great friends. Let's do it. I'll be camping in Red Rocks and you can camp with me. And then you can go to Joshua Tree and you can leave from Los Angeles. Well, it turns out she wanted to go to a different resort 
and I was like, okay, well, I mean, a resort sounds pretty nice. I've been, I'll have been camping in the desert for over a week. So I said yes, and we went to the Luxor. Um, I realized on this trip that I am not a Vegas girl. I don't want to be up until 4 in the morning and then have to work the next day at 6 a.m. because I'm on East Coast time. Vegas did not feel safe. I feel really bad. There were some good parts of Vegas, but honestly, I would have been really happy to have gone with my original plan, camped in the desert, and saved a lot of money, um, then go to Vegas, spend a lot of my money, drink a lot, and just make really unhealthy choices mentally and physically. Uh, I really felt, honestly, I felt depressed after we left Vegas because I had probably slept like two hours a night because we have very different sleeping schedules. I work from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then I am ready to like have fun, but she's one of the people who is like more of a night owl, so she'll get up at like noon or two and then kind of be ready to party and then won't come home until two or three and snore. So I I wake up really easily to noise. And I'm not complaining about her specifically. I'm just saying it's not easy to be in Vegas and work with someone who has a different sleeping schedule and who snores. It was just really trying. And I don't know why I'm like, I just can't, I'm, I'm slowly getting over the fact that I made this decision. Like going into it, I knew that this is going to change like the scope of your trip. It's going to change your plans and what you initially wanted to get out of it, but you're still choosing to do it and you're going to need to live with the consequences. Like I knew that, but I still was disappointed in myself. I don't know. Like I used to party a lot and now I just kind of, it was, I can't, I don't want to regret it, but it was just like, I realized that that's not really the life I'm trying to like live anymore. I will still go to brunch and drink all day, but I don't need to drink until like three in the morning. It's, I don't know. I've said enough about it. Um, I didn't sleep for like 56 hours. So I ultimately ended up asking my friend if once we got to Joshua Tree and I couldn't sleep that night because of the snoring, I was like, I would love to like pay for you to have a new hotel. I just can't do this anymore. Like, I'm not going to be able to function at work, and I I need to, like, get back in the game. So we went our separate ways, and she decided she didn't really want to stay in Joshua Tree anymore. So I drove her to Palm Springs, came back, and then the next, I had I ended up having one day in Joshua Tree um, to explore. I had scheduled Joshua Tree to be my birthday trip, my birthday portion of the trip. So I ended up spending my birthday alone as I initially had planned, but it just felt a little different. Um, but I still had a great time. Joshua Tree is a weird, eerie place. I had no idea what to expect. I kind of just expected there to be, like, a bunch of, like, hippie people around. Cool, like, just kind of really, I don't know, like, something you would see, like, like, Grateful Dead-esque type experience. I don't know what to think. I didn't know what to think about it. It was weird, y'all. There were, like, 30 people in the town. Everything was open until, like, 2 p.m., and there was like two restaurants and it was just weird. I can't really describe it any other way, but I did like it. It was definitely an experience that everyone needs to have, but I personally would not really live in Joshua Tree. It's just like kind of a a ghost town. I think probably around different times of the year, it's a little more vibrant, but it was really, really cool hiking around all those crazy looking trees. I felt like I was in a different planet. And when I entered Joshua Tree National Park, 
I turn my music down and the guy's like, keep your music up. We like music here. And I'm like, cool. I can vibe with this. And it was, I don't know, it was, it was fun. Uh, I would think it would actually have been better if I had a friend to enjoy that like quirky desert vibe. But I really like Joshua Tree. It was just like I had no idea what to expect. Uh, later that night on my birthday, I don't know if this is actually interesting or not, because I'm just telling you stories about my own life, and probably this is my... I'm just going to keep going. So later that night, I met up with my cousin in Palm Springs, who I haven't seen in like eight years. Uh, it was a really great family reunion. I'm really appreciative of all the people who have met up with me safely on this trip, and it really made me realize I have a lot of people out there, even when I feel alone. And we all do. We all have a network of people that we probably just don't know we can tap into. So remember that. Um, Early the next morning, I got up for work. I worked. And then I drove to L.A. And when I got to L.A., I met up with my friend Mike Steverson, who I've known since middle school, y'all. And he has a beautiful daughter who's so adorable. Her name is Rhea Zaya Steverson. He explained that he needed two, like, sweet names to overpower that super powerful last name, make it less harsh. And he's just become such a good dad. So I'm, like, really proud of all my friends who have excelled in life, escaped Jacksonville, Florida, no offense, and are just, like, thriving. Shout out to y'all. You're awesome. We did a cute family hike. I ran around the Rose Bowl. Yesterday, I checked out Venice. And... I met out with my old favorite intern, Sloan, and it was just a great experience. Now I'm headed to San Fran. I'm going to hike in the Redwood Forest. I don't know if that's what it's actually called. It's the Myrrh Woods, but I'll be around some Redwoods. And then I'll be staying with Sandy, who I met in El Salvador. I hope that this was an interesting episode. Before we wrap up, I just want to remind everyone that This is the most important election of our lives. I've tried to slip an ad in here about the election, but I'm not sure where it will fall because I can't pick which ads go where. So I'm going to try to plop it here, but it might be a different ad. Plop! And we're back. Before we sum up the episode, I just want to quickly give a big shout out and thank you to all the fans out there who are still listening to the podcast. I know that the audio quality is not quite up to par with NPR, the New York Times, or headgum podcast, but you're still listening for some reason, and I know when I record these, it might sound a bit rambly, and usually I'm really freaking tired, because I haven't got eight hours of sleep in two months, but that's okay, because this is what the journey's all about. Anyways, I think I might do an episode in the coming days, or just about like mental health on, on the open road. I'm not a mental health expert by any means. I probably could, I could definitely benefit from some therapy. But being on the road has given me like more time to think. And it's really made me come to realize what my insecurities are. And even though I'm hanging out with really cool people along the way, I can still feel disconnected even though I'm right beside someone. And it makes me analyze my relationships here and my relationships back home. And I've just felt really disconnected from my friends back in D.C. and my friend group in Florida that I talk to every day, but still, I don't know. It kind of makes you... I'll just do an episode about it. It's just hard. It's hard to be a human. But I won't end on that sad note. I'll end on a happy note. 
so for me, I'm a person who compares. I, I often, like, compare my life situation to those of others, and I think, how should my family be? How should my relationships be going? Like, how should this person respond to me? How should I feel during this experience? I have a lot of shoulds, like, should thoughts. And I've recently been contemplating that there shouldn't be a should. We should... Oh, shit. Anyways, what I'm saying is, it's a weird time. It's confusing. It's uncertain. We're all in it together. And there is no should feel type thing happening right now. Like, there's no certain way, specific way you should be feeling. There's no right way to cope with this. There's no... You shouldn't... Oh my gosh, it's so hard to not say should. There's nothing that you have to do right now. You don't have to use your COVID time to work on all your relationships. You don't have to use your COVID time to go on a cross-country trip to run from your fears. You don't have to do anything. This is a time where you can really find joy in doing small things that actually make you happy. Like if you want to watch an entire series on Netflix in three days, you can do that. If you want to cook some meal that otherwise you might feel guilty about eating, you can do that. If you want to rekindle an old relationship and like make out with an old lover safely after you both agree that you don't have COVID, you can do that too. What I'm saying is take this time if you want to learn about your own desires and what will make you happy putting aside what you think you should do to feel happy how you think your friend should respond in a group chat to make you feel validated and loved this is the time where you can find that on your own and remember that it's not a selfish thing to explore your own needs and wants it's not a selfish thing to find happiness and comfort in your own self and it's not selfish to feel secure being by yourself and if you're in a relationship you can still explore your own wants and needs you can honestly I don't really know where I'm going with this all I have to say is there is no shoulds it's okay to have feelings but remember that we're all in this experience together I can't think of another time in history aside from like we're all going through climate change together where the whole world has been united in fear but also in hope and we've seen people brave first responders coming up stepping up and putting their own lives at risk to help us so remember that you're not alone even if you feel alone you're not alone because we're all with you we're all experiencing it I'm sure you have one friend or a family member that you can contact and if you don't you can message me when you're feeling lonely or you can use this time to journal which can be therapeutic just remember there are many outlets for you to find happiness and for you to feel secure so do whatever you freaking want but don't hurt anyone else and wear a mask while you do it thanks i hope you like this episode bye